0: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snowy.
1: Thanks for downloading the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. This is Series 2, Episode 26, the Winston-Salem edition of the Fly Fishing Show. This is going to be my first time as a featured attire, which means I'll have my own table where I will be tying flies and selling flies and teaching people my patterns. I'm not really sure what to expect. If you listen to the previous podcast from Somerset, I was asking Mike Heck some of the tricks and also Micah Meyer about, you know, what do you do when you're behind the thing all day? So I, I've got a cooler now that's going to be full of Mexican Coca-Cola, beer, and water. I will have snacks at the show behind my table. And what goes on from there, I have no idea. This little computer I'm recording on right now has got about three gigs of fishing pictures. So I'll do a little slideshow throughout the two days. It's a Friday-Saturday show, so Apparently, the place is closed on Sundays. That's why there is no Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or just Saturday, Sunday show, which means I'll be driving home on Saturday after the show. And as I don't really know what to expect, I've been at the Vice for about two to three weeks, just tying constantly. Been tying up about 200 of my damsel nymphs to sell, a bunch of Chernobyl style foam ants, some of my Snallygaster bass worms. Uh, a couple dozen mites, several dozen of my bacon streamers. That's the only streamer I'll fish for non-steelhead trout. So if you want to look for that, the tutorial should be on YouTube. I've been tying up Clouser minnows for gar, which means they're not made of super hair or bucktail. They're made of that kind of clown wig, fake-looking hair that I purchased at the Tightlines Fly Shop. So it's they're like yellow and green, green and gray, black and white. And they're tied with dumbbell eyes made of the big bead chain, number 10, because that will keep them near the surface. The gar are chomping on minnows on the surface in June around here. Also tied up um, some of my flashback soft hackle pheasant tails. What else have I tied up? I'll be tying my mayfly trichos made of packing foam and paintbrush tippets. I will be tying my uh, curly tails, which are for bass and snake heads. I've tied up a couple dozen of my scorpion bugs. Those are my large foam, very lightweight, flat profiled sliders we use for all bass around here. I'm trying to think what else I'm going to tie. Basically, I just have about 50 Ziploc bags full of all my random tie materials. And if I'm going to tie a certain pattern, they're kind of divided into kits. So if I want to tie Snallygasters, I got a bag with the chenille and eyelash yarns. If I want to tie. Chernobyl's, I got a bag of foam and rubber legs. Bacon fly, it's got the rooster tail, the zonkers, the uh, S-Taz, the cone heads. And then my hooks are all divided into fresh salt water. So I'm trying to be super organized. I've got business cards I'm going to lay out. I'm going to lay out some of the random stuff I tie with, the puffer ball heads, the spaghetti balls. I'm going to put out some of the foams, my paintbrush. Oh. Uh, Yeah, that's about it. So maybe I'll sell some of my beer can lanyards at the show. I don't know. I'm hoping there's a good place to get a burger after I set up and after Friday night show. So uh, what you hear next will be what I encounter at my first fly tying event at the fly fishing show. (laughs) Privet from North Carolina. What is going on everybody? It is uh, set up day at the Fly Fishing Show in North Carolina. I dropped some Russian because the Olympics just started. And I just want to let you all know, I'm not wearing pants. So it was a pretty easy drive down. You know, I dropped the kid off at preschool this morning. That is uh, the Pixie, as we referred to her on social media. And went home and cleaned the house a bit because I'm a good husband. Got the oil change, went over to the bank, which is across the street from the gas station. And broke $100 into fives, tens, and singles. Not because there's a strip club across the street from the convention center. It's because I have a cash box and I'm hoping to sell some goods tomorrow. The drive was pretty darn boring. Uh, I thought I might stop in Fredericksburg and say hi to my professors at Mary Washington. But figure a Thursday afternoon parking probably wouldn't be that great since it's now a little university, a little bit bigger. Um, parking sucked when I was a student there back in the nineties. So I figured it would probably be worse now. So I kept driving, uh, stopped at four mile fork and filled up some gas at $3 and nine cents a gallon, which just proves once you leave Northern Virginia and Washington, DC prices drop. I E I just had an IPA across the street at the small batch brewing comp brew pub full of hipsters. Um, $10 for two points of craft beer which for me that's doesn't happen in dc uh the second thing is their ipa smell like formaldehyde every sip it was either cadaver lab or fetal pigs not fun uh had pints with ethan smith of smith fly you heard ethan on the last podcast go follow him on social media Corey ruth was there from ruthless outdoor adventures one of the more entertaining instagrams please follow him he lives in a 200-year-old house on 20 acres in the Norfolk area. His neighbors are like the Navy, so there's constantly like FA eighteens taking off, and he's using an iPhone and posting pictures where you can see like in the cockpit. It's that close. He does kayak fishing. You heard Corey on the, uh, I think we did our own podcast about him about a year or two ago. And Cameron Mortensen from the Fiberglass Manifesto. You might just know him as the world's leading authority on fiberglass rods. And so that was the brew pub. So the drive down, I stopped to get a Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I'm not really a coffee person, but Dunkin' is what I drink. And it was a pretty cool little shopping center. Next to Dunkin' was a cigar shop. And since I stopped smoking cigars, I didn't go in. Then across the street was Salsa Mexican Cafe. And next to that was like World of Jerky or Jerky Emporium. It looked awesome, but hey, I got to get to the show. No time to stop. So then I uh, drove down, and the rest of the way, just boring. Once you hit the North Carolina border, it's kind of just pine trees. We'll tell you, you know, as a fly fisherman, you remember the Life Obsessed with Fly Fishing podcast from probably February of 2011, that as a fly fisherman, you're always going to look down and over a bridge when passing over water. It's what you do. doesn't matter if it's going to be nasty water, pretty water. You just look to be curious. Everything was blown out. Uh, The first one was the Rappahannock and then the James, Matter River, Poe River, Nye River. Basically, every river here was blown out due to recent snow melt, rain melt, ice melt. That was the only entertainment. I saw some ducks on the road. I listened to The Open Fly podcast and the Mike O'Mara Show podcast. The bit is episode three of The Open Fly. About walking a kilometer in my wooden shoes, an email from Netherlands was absolutely hilarious and I stopped at sheets, did some refueling uh, stopped I saw the billboard for JR's Emporium which in DC is just a cigar shop and my clients have always told me oh you got to go to JR's in North Carolina you can buy cigars and wedding dresses so curiosity I went into JR's and sure enough they've got men's clothing women's clothing wedding dresses creepy baby dolls uh, candle section dog toys A cigar shop that was absolutely enormous. And like I said, I'd stop smoking cigars. Ooh, that guy just fell in the Olympics. I hope he's not from Mazarasha because they're going to stab him in the eye with an icicle. If you don't know, in Mazarasha, you can use icicles to kill people because it doesn't leave fingerprints. You didn't hear that from me. So I left, what, 11 o'clock East Coast time, got here, still East Coast, if you don't know your Mercator maps. And I pulled in maybe... 4.30 to the convention center, pulled up, started unloading. I'm next to Kevin Arculio and Henry Cowan on my left. And on my right is a captain. I don't know his name, but he splits his time between south of Rochester, New York in the summers and his winters in Myrtle beach. So I'm curious to see what he'll be tying up tomorrow. I hope to learn from both of my neighbors and then Crosby Bean, my old boss, AKA coach from, Back in the day, Breckenridge Outfitters, now with Hardy Grays, he needed some help. So I set up his booth, which gave me a very close look at some of the Hardy rods. So if I get a break tomorrow, I want to cast some of those because their reels are absolutely stunning and you can stop a train. And you've heard Andy Mill on the previous podcast talking about Hardys and the Syntrex, and They just look absolutely brilliant. So I set up, and tomorrow I'm going to sell beer cozies, Helgermite lanyard, or Helgermite yarn, flies. I've got you know everything from Snakehead, Bass, Stripers, Gar, Steelhead. Who, who knows? Um, it's a smaller show, much smaller than Lancaster. Not even a, a blip on the screen at Somerset. You could call it Smurfy. It's that big. And then I finished in there at about 6.30, came and checked into my hotel. I've got this king-size bed. No one is here to elbow me for snoring. I have no toddler to wake me up early in the morning. I also do not have a wife to elbow me for snoring, if I already said that. And no mini schnauzer Dr. Jones to wake me up when he scratches his ears at night. Now, Dr. Jones lost all of his fingernails during the blizzards four years ago. He has maybe one toenail right now out of 16. No, eight. yeah, four front, four back, do clawing. He had those removed when he was a baby guy. So, yeah, that's uh, what I don't have to deal with tonight, so I'm looking forward to it. I went down. Instead of even going to dinner tonight, I'm on the concierge level, whatever. So I got potstickers, microgreen salad with a peppercorn vinaigrette, and then they had borsan, which is a garlic herb cheese. And if you know me as a former cheesemonger, I like me some cheese. So I pigged out on that, and then I also had uh, a Pepsi Coke drinker, but I had a Pepsi, because that's what they're offering, for a little caffeine. And then the lady went and got me a beer on the house. So I was like, all right, fantastic. And as I was checking in about eating more sand, I noticed it said, microbrewery 50 feet from your current location. It was literally the other side of the wall and across the street. So I chugged my beer, finished my salad, which I feel good eating something healthy. These curves of love don't come from you know eating all salad all the time. And then I went over there and met up with Ethan and Corey and Ethan's dad. And then another guy, I don't remember his name. And then Enrico Puglisi showed up. And we're like, dude, they just literally ran out of beer. So he and his buddy came back. I saw Bob Clouser checking his email. Yeah, so that's that's it. Um, Set up went great. And let's see where things take us tomorrow. I won't be podcasting during the show, most likely, because this computer here is going to be showing a slideshow. So I'm going to have a final beer. Gonna sit back and go through my photographs for tomorrow's slideshow and let's see how things go. And I can tell you the wife is quite excited. I am gone because for the last two weeks, like I said earlier, I've been tying nonstop at the kitchen table. It's we live in a very small house. It's the only place to tie. So the tying menagerie is Gone for the kitchen table, and it can actually be used. So, Let's go watch the Olympics. I'll check in with you all tomorrow. Greetings from Winston-Salem. I just want to let you know it's uh, Friday night. We went to Foothills Brewing Company, which has the sexual chocolate, which is the 10.9% beer for $5 a pint, which is pretty ridiculous considering that would be – in D.C. And then Khalil and I sat down. I had the pimento burger with frickles and homemade fries. And he had three Migos burger, which was three types of cheese. And let me tell you, the ketchup here is homemade. The mustard, it's homemade. So I bought three bottles of ketchup to go. And I picked up two bottles of mustard and a bomber of their IPA, which is 66% or 66 IBUs which is like international bitter units which tells you how fantastic a hoppy beer could be. And then we met this uh fantastically attractive young lady who was with her her man friend but said she was into fly fishing so I brought her over, introduced her to the Tenkara USA lads, Daniel and his group and uh they gave her her card so hopefully we can get her to come out to the show tomorrow and buy a Tenkara rod cuz she won't know how much fun she's missing. So I I got up this morning, 6.30, and went downstairs and had breakfast, and a southern breakfast here is considered biscuits, gravy, grits, bacon, thick cut, crispy, eggs, Um, there's waffles with marionberry jam, and the funny thing about marionberry, of course, you know that's mayor for life in D.C., but the first time we ever saw the actual berries was pretty hilarious because... We never knew there was an actual Barry called Marion Barry. And if you didn't know, he was one of the founding formers of SNCC, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, which was one of the founding members of the 1960s civil rights movement. If you didn't know that about Marion Barry in D.C., you need a lot. To, you need to learn a lot about his background. He wasn't just the mayor who smoked crack. So I left the show, had breakfast with Corey Ruth from Ruthless Outfitters. He is the uh, fly fishing expert of the Southern Virginia coastline. He's been on the podcast before. I probably mentioned him last night. And then I got to the show at about 7.45 and started cranking out flies. The show opened about 8. It was pretty slow. I probably only sold about 50 50 to 60 bucks worth of flies, but I tied from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. nonstop. I cranked out a couple dozen damsels, a bunch of intruders, a bunch of my... What else did I tie? I did a, a whole bunch of my flashback soft hackle pheasant tails. I also did some of the Reaper flies. So that is Pat Ellers Reaper. P A T. If you don't know how to spell Pat Ellers, E H L E R S. He's out of the Flyfishers in some like Milwaukee, Wisconsin. One of the better catalogs you'll get per year. And then, uh, yeah, so I tied them, and I ran out of reaper tails, so I went over to William Hersniak, Eastern Trophies Fly Fishing, and he's the one who has the laser cut, um, not just suede, pseudo suede, ultra suede. He does all the tails, the uh, new critter mite, the crawdads, et etc. So I picked up uh, four bags for 10 bucks. so that's 40 reaper tails for 10 Oh, look at Val- Vladimir Putin. Um, we're watching the Olympics right now, and Plutin, Plutin, Putin has had some of the most horrendous eye surgery. You know, when you don't look younger, you just look like you've had plastic surgery? That's him, and he's a crook. But back to the show. So I'm sitting with uh, Kevin Arculio to my left, and for him to say some great things about my flies was truly uh, inspiring. I really appreciate that. He had some nice things to say. Captain Greg to my right, who's making these filthy crayfish, and these braided stone flies, and he's using larva lace. So a lot of tutorials going on with larva lace with him. I'll try and get that on film. And I basically just would, each hour, just pick a different pattern and tie that for an hour straight, and sold some helgrammites, damsels, scorpions. Uh, but I'd say 90% of my flies didn't sell, which is, you know, it sucks that I'm not making money, but in the long run, it just means I don't have to really tie for the next five or six months. And I walked around. There's an 11 year old dude from South Carolina who has got this accent that, when he's older, is just gonna slay the ladies. But he was on his uh, tie. He's got his own tying booth, just like I do. At 11 years old, his dad doesn't fish. The kid just wanted to start tying flies. And he's tying these dragonflies and damselflies and stone flies and inchworms, and they are up to par with anybody that's been tying. For 5, 10, 20, 30 years at the show. They were fantastic. He's sitting on like two phone books and a pillow. And he's dressed in this like preppy outfit that's just absolutely hilarious. And the way he was looking at Kevin Arculio's saltwater movement tank was... I mean, you tell there's cogs and and, um, whatever going on in his brain. You can see that... I mean, this kid is going to be a prodigy in in the industry and the business as he gets older. If he doesn't change his mind, there was something going on in his head that you could just watch that he was picking up on just how the flies were tied, how they were made to move, how they were actually moving in this saltwater tank with uh, a movement in it. It was pretty impressive and it was awesome. So that was the show. Um, You know, a lot of people came through. It was quiet during you know, lefties, uh, fly time sessions. Didn't really get a chance to walk around a whole lot. I really got to work on my organization. The tables just kind of cluttered as this is my first show. I'll be a little bit more organized for Lancaster. But I'm having a lot of fun. I didn't drink a beer until 10 minutes till the show was over. I was definitely thirsty. And it was hot in the show this morning. I had to go take off my base layer. You've heard in the past that if it's uh, 40 or below, I'm going to wear my Patagonia silk weights. So I had to go take those off by seven fifty this morning, and honestly, it it felt like we agreed. It felt like you had a higher grade fever today. It was that hot inside the show, so for a long point, I was barefoot, and for some reason, my feet are blue. I don't know why. Like I stepped in blue ink, Khalil. His blue feet there. Yeah, there's a thumbs up from Khalil. It it looks like I stepped on on. one of the Smurfs or something. Not that I'm not breathing enough. They're definitely blue. So it was exhausting, but it was a fun day. I can't wait to do tomorrow. Hopefully, more people show up. One of the cooler things today was there was a high school group. They're about an hour away, and they've got a fishy club. And the teacher signed all these papers and all. You know, it was like ten or fifteen kids uh, all got off school today to come out to the show, which was awesome. So I hooked them up with a bunch of flies, gave them cards, gave them TPFR stickers. Gave a lot of TPFR stickers out today, so hopefully we'll find out that these get stuck on school buses and stop signs and, and porta potties all over the country. But yeah, that's about it. I tied intruders. I, I really didn't think people down here knew what an intruder was. They're happy to see those. Some squirmy wormies. And didn't sell any beer can koozies. Beer can lanyards. Didn't sell any Helgramite yarn. So if you're coming out to the next couple of shows, I will be selling those. I'm going to give you a pause for a second. All right, so that interruption was a friend of mine who just offered me a private table at a gentleman's club for the evening with a private bottle of Johnny Walker Green, and I had a decline because we're down here. So I don't remember where I was at the show, but uh, I did tie up some red, white, and blue Chernobyls for the Healing Waters booth and took some pictures with those guys. Henry Cowan or Cohen is making some great red, white, and blue flies with stars in them for Healing Waters. Other than that, it was just it was good to meet people from all over. Heard a lot of different southern accents down here. People from the coast, from the mountains, making some new friends with some different lodges, and maybe Khalil wants to uh, talk about why he's down here. All right. So what brings you down to, to North Kakalaki? North Kakalaki. Well, you know, I'm
0: having a good time uh, doing the general road trip and thing. Got in my Jeep and uh, drove to five or more hours down. Got caught in some traffic. On the day, you know, uh, the Olympics is going. So prior to getting down, I was expecting to um, speak with a few people, see about some trips to Alaska. I hear the summer's got a a real aggressive um, fishing season.
1: You're talking too slow. All right, so Khalil's down here looking at some prospects for job opportunities that might take him from the Washington, D.C. metro area up to Alaska. So we're all hoping that he gets to go sees some pretty fantastic stuff. He's all interested in the dollies, and I'm like, dude, they consider dollies up there like trash fish? And you're like, when does a six-pound trash fish count when they have the most brilliant colors? It's like a Winslow Homer painting, but on a fish, and it's because there are 30-pound king salmons below them. And the interesting thing is, one of the lodges I talked to, he's like, the, the guiding is the easy part. You know, fishing's easy. It's it's what you do at camp. So hopefully, we'll check back with Khalil in August, you know, September, and find out about shooting at bears and October. and October eating the soles of his shoes when food runs out, and and uh, how he lived the life like um, what's that? Chris McCandles, who actually lived down the street from where I live now. So that's about it. I I mean, there's so much more I wanted to say from today, but um, it's been a freaking long day. It's nine, 10 o'clock. And still, I'm driving home from the show tomorrow, which I'm not looking forward to having to pack up and then drive home. So I'll probably pull over and maybe sleep a couple hours in the car. We'll see how things go. But for my first fly fishing show, I've had a fun time. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll go shopping tomorrow and buy a Dave Whitlock print. And from now, we're just going to hang out, watch the Olympics and go to bed, and if I get really hungry, I'm just going to honestly drink from that bottle of ketchup. It's that good. All right, so Rise and Shine, everybody. It's a Saturday morning. We got Paul Puckett here. Let's talk about what you're doing here and um, and your artwork. Yeah, I came to kind of show my face here at
2: the Hunter Banks booth. Uh, I've been friends with them for a couple of years now. live in Charleston, so... Asheville is kind of my trout fishing world now the holston watauga so i get up there quite a bit so they're kind enough to let me hang out in the booth and paint today and uh show some people my my works i brought a couple paintings and a couple drawings so we'll see how it goes so be live painting at the show yeah uh you can only make the best attempt at that you can't really get a whole lot accomplished uh unless you really dedicate an hour to nothing but painting but otherwise you're you're talking to people you're hanging out uh ask any questions. So it's more just to show my face, show the painting as it's in progress, show a couple other pieces, and just answer any questions that people have about my work.
1: What do you mostly paint? What's your uh, what's your medium, and what's your subject matter? Uh, until
2: a couple years ago, it was mainly all watercolor. I still do some watercolor, but a lot of oil now on either wood or canvas. I do a lot of pen and ink drawings. Uh, my main subject, subject matter is usually whatever I just fish for for a couple months I get kind of inspired but I live in Charleston so redfish are constantly surrounding me so redfish are the 75 percent of what I usually do in any other saltwater species is Charleston's food all that it's legendarily cracked up to be I think I kind of I already moved to Charleston being a little hefty and I think I've already gained about 20
1: pounds from living there so yeah it's easy to eat in Charleston that's for sure just this weekend alone up here, I'm, I'm sticking out of this new shirt, man. I got a large. This thing needs to be an XL. I,
2: I hear you, man. Where are you from? D.C. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, Charleston does have a lot of really cool just nightlife and restaurants and bars in general. It's a great place to live. There's always something to do, and good people, too. All right. Where can we find you online? Uh, PaulPuckettArt.com. That is it. And I've also got a pretty fun little blog called RightBrainRetrieve.com. All
1: right. Go check it out. Well, I am back from the show. I want to say that was an incredibly boring drive home, but I had some podcasts to listen to. I caught up on the Orvis Fly Fishing podcast, and if you haven't listened to the Paul Moinistar version, it's from like uh, January 23rd or 22nd. It is fantastic. Also listened to a Itinerant Angler podcast, which kept me up to speed, and of course, my Mike O'Mara Show podcast I had not downloaded, so I didn't listen to that. So let's continue with the show. So after I interviewed Paul Puckett, I had a little conversation with Trad Little. He's that little kid I want to put in my pocket and take home. But after the podcast, his dad decided we probably shouldn't have him on there since he is still just 11 years old. He's an innocent kid, doesn't really know that he's going to be all over the internet soon. So we, I just cut that all out. But one thing I really wanted to get out of that was just how polite that kid is and his accent. It is just fantastic. After Paul was on the podcast. We sat down and started tying flies. Uh, I think I learned a lot from this show. That I'm going to change the way I sell and display my flies in my area for the next show. I didn't really make as much money as I hoped to, but I really need to make some more bucks at the next show just to help pay for the cost of the hotel and gas and, and lodging. So what I'm going to do is have like Snow White's Ultimate Carp Pack, Snow White's Ultimate Damsel Pack, Snow White's Ultimate... Shad Packs, it's Ultimate, Smallies, Largemouth, Bluegill, etc. That are 10 bucks each. And people can just pick them up and go with them. And I'm going to have uh, fewer slideshows going on the little computer here. And we'll just see how much fun I can have at the next show. I want to say I thought I'd be a lot more exhausted having sat there in a bar stool and just tied for two days straight. But that really didn't happen. I really could have gone another day. It was so much fun just hanging out, talking to people. Listening to all the accents where everybody was from, from down in the south, be it from the mountains or the coast or locally. There are people from Atlanta that drove up in South Carolina, a couple people from Virginia. So it was only a little, you know, a couple states. I think the next show in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, will have a lot more people there, more so because you've got such great trout fishing and you've got the Susquehanna. So there'll be a lot more people. Hopefully, people from D.C. will drive up. And we will have lots of fun. I did not tie at the local beer tie last night. I didn't teach just because I my gear is still packed away. Uh, but one of the coolest things I did pick up at the show from Brad Buzzy is an updated UV light for my Clear Cure Goo. That completely changed how my CCG sets. Kevin Arculio and Henry Cowan convinced me to buy it from Brad. And it is crazy bright. I actually have to shield my eyes when using it. And the goo comes out shiny and hard and tack-free with just a couple seconds under the light. And that had never happened before with my previous light. So I'm pretty stoked that it's going to change the way I tie some of my terrestrials. I'm going to start gooing the tops and bottoms of them, making them a little bit harder. And the show was much more busier on Saturday. You know, right from the get-go at 9, there were people coming by nonstop all day long. I decided to put out the beer can lanyards. and If you don't know what those are, you can get them on my site. Uh, once I run out, it'll be a while before we get new ones. I probably only have 20 or 30 left, but it's a beer koozie on a paracord that you wear around your neck, so it's hands-free fishing. I sell them for 5 bucks, and once I put those on display, instead of just having one around my neck and one on the table, I started selling a bunch of them. So that was very, very cool for me. The one time you got a break from... Tying and, and to be able to get up and stretch was when Lefty or Bob clauser were giving a talk. It's always nice when they give a talk and gives you a chance to get up and walk around and meet some of the other people and just get to know other people, talk to some vendors, see how they're doing, go and hang out by the Healing Waters booth and, and see all the cool flies that people have dropped off there for display. The Mossy Creek guys are doing great. Will Hersnyak, Eastern Trophies, was selling a ton of tails and materials. And then Trad was tying up game changers and painting them and was figuring out shiny top back terrestrial patterns that took me five or seven to ten years to figure out. He did it in about ten minutes. And I'm not sure if his website, but I think it's something like tradsflies.com. You can go to the Fly Fishing Show website, go to the North Carolina page and and look up tires. There's a little picture of him with his button-down shirt and his cowboy boots. So he was probably the highlight of the show. I think seeing that next generation, that interest in a kid whose family doesn't fish, whose family doesn't tie flies, just got into it himself, was probably the biggest highlight for just about everyone at that show. He's clearly the next generation. He's going to probably tie some crazy flies himself. And who knows where he's going to go from being 11 years old. He's already featured at fly fishing uh, fly shops where he lives in South Carolina. And I want to say that the breakfast on Sunday, or no, Saturday, wasn't as good. Still had the bacon, eggs, grits, but the bacon wasn't as crunchy. I was able to get up early because I didn't have too much the night before. There were definitely people walking into the show, some vendors with sunglasses on and big cups of coffee, so they probably stayed out too late. The next show, I definitely want to be in bed early because it's going to be a busy weekend. No shenanigans for me. Trying to think what else. So on the way out of the show, the show ended at four. I was able to pack up my car in about three minutes, and I went over to the little bodega coffee shop where I'd gone the night before for that six-pack, and they happened to sell some bombers, which are, I don't know what, 22, 26 ounces of beer from Foothills, which apparently you can get up here now, but for $4, a bomber, you cannot beat that price. So I got a bunch of those, got a Coke for the ride home, and a sandwich, Got bologna with red onions and greens, mayonnaise, spicy mustard, and pickles. And uh, Fred Vegas asked if I wanted it fried. I said, fry the bologna. Why why even ask? Just go ahead and do that. So I'm really missing the food down there. It definitely showed up. It's amazing how chunky you can get in just one weekend. So I said to myself last night at the beer tie, I wasn't going to eat an avalanche burger. And I did. And all the fries. But I drank water for the rest of the night and Jocelyn wanted to know if I wanted a pint of beer and I said, no, I'm taking it off, you know, taking it easy tonight. And she's like, all right, what do you want? I said, a club soda. She's like, I'm not getting you water. And she came back from the bar without a water. She was actually serious. She was not going to get me a pint of water if I wasn't going to be drinking beer or whiskey. So that about sums it up. I'm um, truly thankful for being included in the fly fishing show. I think it's funny that My shirt says Celebrity Fly Tire, but I've been getting emails and Facebook messages from people who said they really like my flies from the show, so that's very humbling. And I'm going to talk to some people at the next show about networking and see if they know anybody who's hiring any job out in Colorado for the outdoor industry, be it fly fishing or not, because we really, really want to move out there. The boat was built last week, so we should be getting the new Stealth Craft ATB. If you're looking for a new fly fishing boat, please look at Stealthcraft Boats. They are a step above anything else on the water. They're like technology from 20 years in the future to what most boats are now. If you'd gone back 20 years and told somebody about an iPhone, they would have laughed at you. Just like now, you tell people about Stealthcraft Boats and they won't believe what it can handle. Just got to find out where to park that boat. And let's um, end this podcast now. We're going to do maybe another one from Lancaster. I'm going to have another interview coming up, and then I'm going to sort of steer away from some of the interviews for now. I appreciate everyone sending me suggestions on who to interview, but I want to get back more into the education, uh, which was the original plan for this podcast. So we're going to definitely do some more fish profiles and shad seasons around the corner, so maybe you know an updated shad podcast to get everyone all jonesed up for the spring run that sums up my weekend at the winston-salem fly fishing show look forward to seeing anybody at the lancaster show and if you want one of those beer can lanyards just go to the website robsnowwhite.com and there's a link for store on the right hand side jason do your thing
0: thank you for joining us for the fly fishing consultant podcast for more information or to contact rob please go to www.robsnowwhite.com.